Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. when we get busy, God, would we make room for You again? Lord, would we reprioritize You back to that place where You ought to be? God, we honour You this morning. And our heart, Jesus, is that every moment of every day, we would make room for You. May it be Your way, God, not our own. We love You, Jesus. We thank You, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What a good God, hey? Why don't you um, take your seats and thank our team as they make their way off stage. Before I get into my message this morning, I get the great privilege to chat to you about all things Christmas. Put your hand up if you have your Christmas tree up already. No, I I think some people do, but they're like hiding (laughs) for fear that people, those 1st of December people will come for you if you say you have your tree up. It's my birthday on the 1st of December, so yes, thank you. It's still a little while away. Um, But in our house growing up, it was that the tree wasn't allowed to go up until after my birthday. So the 1st of December never worked in our house. Then I married Josh and his birthday is the 18th of December. And leaving it to the week of Christmas to put your tree up was not an option. So now we just put it up whenever we can be bothered. And I can tell you now, I don't know what's going on with me this year, but I feel like the Grinch. I'm just like not ready to put my tree up yet. But maybe I'll get there soon. But this year, I'm really excited. We're going to do two incredible outreach things for our community. And we're going to bless two of our local primary schools. So I've been in conversations with the assistant principal at one and with the chaplain and principal at the other. And we have decided that this year there are 26 children that we are going to buy Christmas gifts for. So good. And you know what? These kids, for a variety of reasons, may may get little this year. Maybe they can't afford to get anything. And so we want to reach out and we want to bless them with a Christmas present. Now, this isn't all about, hey, look how good Resound Church is. But you know what? For these parents, I sit in their shoes for a moment and they're probably thinking right now, how are we going to make Christmas work? And this is where we get to come in church and say, it's okay, we've got you. Here's a gift to give to your kid. And so that is one way that we're going to bless these schools. But we're also... 
for the same families that some of these children are from, we are going to give them a Christmas hamper. And so they're going to have a bunch of goodies in them that they can have in the lead up to Christmas or on Christmas Day to just give a little bit of reprieve, a little bit of joy and a little bit of excitement for their families this Christmas. And so we want you guys to partner with us. There's two ways you can do that. The first way is at the connection desk. There is an example of a hamper that we would like to purchase and there's a shopping list. If you want to go and put your name down and uh, put your hand up to get some of those items, that would be amazing. We're going to be doing 15 hampers. So 15 families are going to be blessed this Christmas. And then the other one is there's a Christmas tree. As you walked in, you probably saw the Christmas tree and I know you were thinking, why is there a Christmas tree up already? It's the beginning of November. Well, there's a very good reason for that. On that Christmas tree, there are some tags and each tag has a description on the back. It will tell you whether the child is a female or male It will tell you their age, and for some of those, it will tell you a suggested gift. What we're wanting you to do is to take one of those and go and purchase a gift for these children. Now, without putting too much money value on it, we are asking for them to be about a $30 gift, something that's, you know, substantial but enough. And so as you walk out or as you go out today and you want to have a look, why don't you grab a tag and why don't you make it a family opportunity where you as a family get to go together and you get to purchase a gift for another child. We would love it if there's 26 gifts for you guys to uh, be willing to grab, which would be amazing. And we will um, ask you to bring them back on the 26th of November because we'd love to go and give it to the schools in the first week of December ready for Christmas. Is that all right? Amazing. Well, you know what? Can we just pray for that right now? Can we pray for these families? I had an incredible conversation uh, with the chaplain of one of these schools. And as we were talking, there were so many incredible opportunities that we could do as a church to help. She was sharing that one of the families is from Iran and they don't have much English. And I was like, well we have you covered. We have our English class. And so we're hoping that perhaps they'll come along to English classes. And then we're talking about some families are in need of some food. And I was like, well, we know Fofa who give meals to these companies. So you can go to those companies and get free meals. Like God is making a way for us as Resound Church to to have an impact on our community. So let's pray for that and just believe that God will continue to open more and more opportunities. God, we just thank you so much for the incredible opportunity we have to be in this community. God, we know that there are people all around us that are in need of your love, God, are in need of finances, are in need of whatever it is, God. And we just pray, Lord, that as we invest time, as we invest money, God, would you just bring about fruit from these things, Lord? God, we pray for a peace over every family that may be doing it tough right now. And Lord, we just ask, would you come and just be with them, surround them with your love and your holy name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, we are beginning a new series on the parables. Who's excited? Who's excited? 
Good. We're awake this morning. And I get to do the first one. And so over the month of November, we will hear a different parable each week. And the idea is that we want us to hear the messages that Jesus was sharing and walk out these doors today with something practical that we can take with us. So I get the privilege of sharing from the parable of the sower. And if you're following along in your Bibles, I'm going to read it today in Matthew 13. And I'm going to pull this parable apart a little bit and talk to you about two main things that I believe God wants to share with our church. So let's go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 1, and it says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Has anyone ever wondered how Jesus was able to project his voice loud enough for everyone on the shore to hear it? Is that just me? Like, I'm like, they didn't have a PA system. He didn't have a microphone. How is that possible? I actually genuinely wonder if there was like a miracle that like God just boomed his voice out. I don't know. This is the musings of Brittany. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. I'm going to stop the parable there for a minute. A farmer went out to sow his seed. I don't know if you know much about farming, but if you don't sow seed, you don't reap a harvest. If a farmer doesn't sow, he doesn't get an income. If a farmer doesn't plant something in the ground, then nothing will grow. And so Jesus begins his parable by saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. The first point I want to make this morning is that we are actually all called to be farmers. We're all called to sow seeds. What your seed may be is different for all of us. And, and in this parable, in the context, as we read on, we'll read about how it is referring to the Word of God. But if we look at the concept of sowing for just a moment, then I want us to think about what we sow and what we reap. And so I'm, I think about it in a practical sense. And I wonder, if I sow into my relationships, then chances are I will get relationship back. If I sow into my children, if I spend time with them, if I, if I invest into their life now, then at some point in time, there will be some reward back. As you sow, you reap. It's a biblical principle, but it's also a very practical principle. I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians, sorry, chapter 9, verse 10. And it says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Read the first bit again. Now he who supplies seed to the sower. He only supplies seed to the sower. 
not to the hoarder, not to the one that's too afraid to step out and plant in case you don't get any back, but he provides seed to the sower. So what are you sowing into? Let's just think for a second. And I'm sure we've all had moments where we've been that friend that sows. You do the phone calls, you do the text messages, you organize the catch-ups, and it goes on and on. And what we get back is minimal, it's rare, it's nothing. And we begin to stop sowing because it's not reaping anything. What about when you give financially? You give something financially all the time, but as you begin to not see any reward from that financial gift, you begin to back off and you stop sowing. Or maybe in your home, you've been sowing and sowing and sowing and you are not seeing any result. You are not seeing any fruit. And so you begin to step back in your own home and you stop sowing into your home because what's the point? The kingdom of God relies on us being sowers. It relies on us going into places and sharing the word of God. It relies on us being Jesus' hands and feet here on earth today. So when we stop that mechanism of sowing, we are preventing God from doing what he needs to do. That scripture that I just read 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Although to you it seems pointless to continue sowing, although it's, it's, you're just over it. You're sick of it. You don't want to sow anymore. Can I tell you, keep sowing. Keep persevering. Keep pushing because God, God will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. As you continue to sow, He will replenish your seed. Some of you might sit in the place today and you're like, I'm just exhausted. I have nothing left to give. The promises of God tell me that he will replenish you. All those who are weary, he will give rest. Trust in the word of God. Trust in what he has for you. You know, just after Josh and I got married, we were asked to take on a connect group. And a lot of those people from our connect group are still in the room today. And um, they were fresh out of high school, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. And um, Josh and I were like, yeah, okay, this will be fun. We can do this. We can have these people, young people come into our house, you know. And the only problem was the house that we were currently living in, I can already hear them all giggling like, yep, (laughs) was terrible. And I'm not even, I'm not exaggerating. When I got the keys, um, we didn't look at the house. This was a 
this was a friend of a friend of a friend. So here you guys can rent my house for $100 a week. Yeah, right? I could hear the, oh, what are you going to get for $100 a week? Not much. Um, so <laughs> we got the keys. My sisters, my sister, my parents, I think, came in and walked through the house. And later on, my sister told me that she got back in the car with her husband and she cried. <laughs> she was like, she was like to her husband, Brit and Josh can't live there. They can't do it. It's terrible. And it, it, it was, but it's okay. So then um, what happened next was we, we were still going there and we had our family over to try and make the house a bit better than what it was. And my mum's in the laundry and she's got this, um, this broom. She's got the end of the broom and she's shoving it on the wall. Like she's stabbing it. She's pulling at it. She's poking it. And we're all like, mum, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, there's this stuff on the wall that I can't get off. Next minute, the stuff moves. It was a possum sticking out of our wall. <laughs> I know. Later on, a few months down the track, that possum came in through our range hood. And as I rushed home from youth to go to the toilet, I opened the toilet door and it's staring at me. <laughs> I know. It's all about the character. That's all I kept saying. Oh, it was terrible. Then we had group come over one night and um, one of the guys, <laughs> we only used the back door, okay? The back door was the safe door. And <laughs> this guy walks into our house white as a ghost. And I was like, are you okay? And he goes, I just fell through your deck. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry about that. You've got to use the back door. The deck's not very sturdy. <laughs> now, Josh and I had every, every reason to not host group at our home. <laughs> and to host group at our home, for me personally, took a surrender. A surrender of my ego, a surrender of my pride, that people were walking into this shambles of a home that did not at all reflect me as a person, but we opened our house anyway. Over the next little while, we kept having group, and there were many many laughs, and thankfully they were a group of young adults who, who well, I think they cared because they still make comments about it today, but they didn't care that they had to sit on a floor and that the house was disgusting. I also didn't tell you that there was no heating or cooling, so it was either too hot or too cold, and when there was condensation, there was water leaking from our ceiling that was yellow. Yes, I am sure it was urine from the possums. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, just the kitchen, Josh says. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we had every reason to decide in that moment that actually we weren't the right people with the right home to sow into this group of people, except we really did feel like we wanted to do it, and so we did. We sewed into this group and we spent time with them for the next five, six, seven years, I think it was, until we got to a point where we then also split the group and 
Um, it came back to our house for a little while. It went to some other people's houses. And, um, you know, I stand here today and we sowed into that group initially. We felt like we could give them something. But nine years later, I stand here and I'm like, my gosh, we reaped more than we could ever imagine. They sowed into us as much as we sowed into them. And I look at my children today and because of our decision to sow, to to surrender some of our emotions and feelings at the time, my children now have this group of people surrounding them. And one day they're going to go through life and things are going to, life is going to throw things at them and mum and dad aren't going to cut it. But I know that they are going to have so many people to go to because not only did Josh and I spend time, but we allowed our children to come on this journey. Why am I saying this? Because you might think at the, at the beginning that sowing is too hard, that sowing means surrendering, but get nine years down the track and the blessing far outweighs the weight of a sow. The, the harvest that has come from that is far greater than what we were ever able to give at the beginning. It is worth Sowing church. You know, the second part to this parable, if we go back to Matthew chapter 13, verse 4, it says, As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants and still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. You know, if you skip ahead and continue reading from verse 16, Jesus actually shares with us the purpose of this parable. And the purpose of this parable is that the seed that he refers to is the word of God and the, the soils on which it lands is a reflection upon the hearts of the people that hear the word. How's your soil today? What's going on inside your heart? What, what are you holding on to? You know, there's the path. There's the path where you hear the word of God, but before it can even sink into you, the birds have taken it. There's the rocky ground that although you may hear the word and it begins to grow before long, the sun kills it because it's too hot and the roots are not deep enough. Or maybe it's the thorns that are choking every good thing that comes up. Or maybe it's the healthy nutritious soil, and right now you are even seeing fruit. How's your soil? I want to go beyond how's your soil, and I want to talk about how when people come into this place, when people come and enter the doors of Resound Church, what soil are they walking into? 
What are they feeling? What are they experiencing? Are they hearing a depth and love of God that is greater than no other? What about your conversations? When someone enters your conversation, what soil are they entering? Or your homes. When you welcome people into your homes, what soil are they walking into? You know, we can look like we have it all together. But put us in our most vulnerable place. What does your soil look like? You know, in Psalms, Psalm 65, verse 10, it says, You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. This refers to the work of God in our hearts. It's allowing God to come into our heart. Whatever our soil may be, God, would you work on it? Lord, as our farmer, would you come in and would you turn the soil over? Would you remove the weeds? God, would you produce a crop out of my heart? It's the prayer that we need to pray daily, every day. God, would you work on my heart today? I don't know how often I leave a conversation at times and I'm like, oh God, that soil, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I, that, I didn't, that I didn't produce something good in that moment. God, would you work on my heart? You know, it talks about in, in Matthew chapter 13, Verse 9, it says, whoever has ears, let them hear. Shan, you can come up and play. You know, the farmer goes out to sow seed. He goes out and, you know, in, in the Bible times, in the context of it, it was hand-sowed seed. And so he walks and he's just throwing seed everywhere. Whoever has ears, let them hear. I didn't read, the farmer just went straight to the good soil and only sowed in the good soil. I didn't read that he only went to the path and sprinkled seed on the path. What I read was that the farmer went out to sow seed and that seed landed on many types of soil. Church, we're called to go and sow. You don't need to just sow on a good, nice soil, but you are to go and sow wherever you are, in the workplace you are, in the family that you are within, you are called to sow. And you know what? There will be people that maybe have that heart like the path that whatever you share about Jesus just bounces off them. But as they spend time with you, in your soil, as they spend time seeing what your soil looks like, then maybe, just maybe over time, their soil will soften. Their soil will become rich. 
We're called to not only sow, but we're called to check out our own soil. What does our soil look like this morning? What does our soil look like? Allowing God to work in and through you. Allowing Him to to point on things inside your heart. Hey, that's a weed. You need to pull that out. Hey, I don't think our soil is quite deep enough right now. Let's get a little bit deeper. When we allow God to have His rightful place in our life, then He will continue to work on our soil. today what everyone's soil looks like I think only really we know ourselves and maybe there are days where your soil looks a little healthier than others but it's your willingness to surrender it to God that is going to make the difference. It's your willingness to sit in His presence that is going to make the difference. It's your willingness to admit when things are not going right that is going to make the difference. Would you stand with me for a minute? Jesus shared this parable and he was talking about the Word of God reaching the many types of hearts that are out in the world. So what can we practically do today? Well, first of all, keep sowing. Keep sowing, even if you feel like there is no reward. Keep sowing. You don't know what your sowing is actually doing to that soil. You don't know that when you are speaking words of kindness, when you are reaching out to catch up, when you are asking them if they're okay, what that is actually doing to their soil. You as the sower, can help nurture and care for those around you. And in turn, you can help them with their soil. The second is asking yourself that question, how is my soil, God? And just like in Psalms, you pray a prayer, God, would you you come and work on me? Would you come and, and would you make a way so that I can become greater for you? So that I can feel like I can keep going. God, as I give out my seed, would you replenish my seed? God, would you have your way? This morning, we're going to We're going to sing a little bit again. 
But I wonder that while we're singing, can we just, can we just have a moment where we allow God to search our heart? You don't need to sing along this morning. Why don't you just stand there and say, God, this morning, in this moment, can you search my heart? Can you point out to me the things I need to work on? You know, sometimes when you grow a plant and that plant is not going well, you need to put some specific things in there some specific soil lifters or, or maybe it's even a banana peel. Whatever it is, there are stuff that comes out of those nutrients that come out that soak into the soil. Maybe today, God is like, yes, let me tell you exactly what you need more of. You know, a good soil, the fruit of a good soil. If you read it in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. When we have a good soil, the fruit of the Spirit flows out of us. So as we spend time in worship, would you allow God to search your heart today? Would you allow Him to speak into you? Would you allow Him to maybe point out some things that He needs to work on? Allow God to come this morning and be with you. Lord, we thank You. We thank You that You have called us to be sowers and we thank You that because of You, we are able to check how our own soil is going. Lord, this morning as we stand in front of You, as we stand in Your presence, God, would You have Your way with us. Lord, would You come and would You touch our hearts. Lord, would You work through us. God, would You point out to us the things that we need to work on today. And Lord, we thank You that You are a good God. We thank You that You love us, that You don't give up on us, that You keep persisting with us. And this morning, we wanna say thank You. Thank You, God, for all You do. Thank You, Lord. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.